Have you ever wondered what your therapists think when you're in a session? Today, we will have a special guest, Juliet Wise, a licensed clinical therapist. And we have the honor of exploring the thoughts of a therapist. Who is Juliet Wise? Well, Juliet Wise is a survivor. She's a thriver. She's an inspirer. She's the owner of Journey to New Beginnings Counseling Services, LLC. And again, she's a licensed clinical therapist. She specializes in working with women ages 18 and over who have a history of sexual trauma and intimacy issues. As a mother, daughter, sister, and friend, it is her desire to ignite hope and belief in the possibility of experiencing the freedom that resides in the journey of healing from sexual assault. As a daughter of the king, she has made it her mission to encourage women into wholeness and flourishing intimate relationships all across the nation. Hello, and welcome to the System Podcast. I'm your host, Yushima Cherry Burks. I'm an author, therapist, and entrepreneur. Our other host, Kamon Brown Chizabala, she's going to get me from messing up her last name, isn't feeling very well today. So in paying homage to her, I will be conducting today's entire interview with an ex. Welcome to the Sister Podcast, Juliet. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And thank you for joining us today. I would not do this to you. I cannot do an act, but I just wanted to try it and it's failing miserably. So we're going to move on. Okay. Juliet, before we get into the meat and potato, like a little appetizer. Today's appetizer, appetizer would be called something new about you. Juliet, would you mind sharing something about yourself that you've never shared with someone else? It doesn't have to be salacious. We'll get into those things later. Hmm. Something I haven't, something new I haven't shared with someone else. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I think something new would be, um, I'm in a, in a, a new journey in my career, um, in, in, uh, paving the way for therapy in the seat and outside this. And so in that space, there's a lot of fear in a lot of messaging that comes up. And so usually I show up as I got it, but that's a real big new thing for me. Each morning I wake up like, oh my gosh, are we going to get this? How is it going to be? Um, is it going to work out? And so I guess that's a new feeling that's been coming up for me daily. And it's really brand new because God is just bringing people and it's weird mm-hmm. attracting so many amazing things. And so I guess that's the newest part is like, okay, is this me or is this the imposter? You know, all of that. So that's the newest part of the journey that's been happening literally every morning. Like these good things are coming. I'm kind of nervous. How do I embrace it? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that takes us right into one of our questions that we had later on, but we might as well unpack it a little bit right now. Since we already opened the door, let's unpack a little bit more. How are you handling this? How are you coping with these new changes? We all have experienced the imposter syndrome at one time or another, especially if you are a professional in today's society and you've accomplished as many great things as you have. How are you coping with it? So a friend of mine who is also basically kind of like my business coach has keeps me on track, right? Um, She helps me to stay in there. Cause I'm I'm good I'm good to retreat and so when it feels overwhelming I feel I can find myself retreating so I'm letting my I'm allowing I'm welcoming community um, allowing myself to welcome female community is that's very different for me and so I'm wel- welcoming nurturing spaces of female community and that's helping me a whole lot um, and then I've been reading this book and this may be a plug for her I don't know but uh, Sarah Jakes Roberts uh, Woman Evolved and I've been reading it over and over and over again and that book has been helping me stay grounded because she's really talking about in there the journey that I'm in. And her name yeah. is Sarah Jakes Robert? Yes, T.D. Jakes' daughter. Oh, 
Oh, I knew I heard the name before. So once again, you've already gone to a part of our podcast that's called What Are You Reading? (laughs) So that's good. We're going to bring this book up again later on during the podcast. And I would like to know more about it. That sounds very interesting. I'm glad that you found some things, some tools to help you to cope. Um, And all of them have a space in your life and they all are equally as important as the the last and the next, right? Mm-hmm. When you talk about finding a space for uh, your social support in a form of female social support, that's huge in our society where uh, we're told that Black women can't get along and we're not there for each other. But Black women are there for everybody. We're there for mm-hmm. everyone more so than we are ourselves. And we're going to talk about self-care later on in the podcast. But thanks, Pat. We're about mm-hmm. to get into it. So, Juliet, our listeners would love to know, what made you decide to become a therapist? Um, you know, I think something in me always, uh, well, I've always been a listener uh, and an advocate of people from my friends, from when my, my best friend, 15, we're still friends now, got pregnant. I think that's really what started it is when she was pregnant at at 15 and I saw her go through so much and there were not resources out there. There was not a lot of support, um, both in our religious system and our uh, societal system in parental. And so I found myself advocating for her a lot. And then, um, so I thought because I wanted money, I thought I was going to go into the medical field. And then I did that first year internship. I thought I wanted to be OBGYN, let's be clear. And so I went and did a little internship thing with one of the local doctors and you know I had a lot of visible areas that I was able to see and of the woman and I was like this is not the end of the woman that I want to see every day so uh, for those who do that that's wonderful but that's not the end of the woman that I wanted to be in this space so daily and so I decided I'm glad he did that early and so then I decided no this is not for me and I went into social work and I was afraid of social work because I did not I was afraid honestly uh, because my idea was going into this field of not going to have money. We didn't have much money growing up. And so, but I knew when I went in that field that that's what I wanted to do. And so I said, well, I'm not going to be broke from the beginning. And so that's why I opened my vision from the set. Okay, how far can this field go? And I started deciding what do I want to do with it? And I don't know, I guess from the beginning, I knew there was going to be no limits. I'm a survivor of sex trauma. I've always been uh, very frustrated with the religious system and how they address perpetrators. I literally was just looking at my scrapbook from sophomore year in college where I wrote a paper on sex trauma and mm-hmm. abuse because that has been a passion of mine. I knew that was where I was going to go. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I would eventually write a dissertation uh, trying to break down this religious system and their protection of perpetrators. And so that is where where it began. I, did I answer your question? I think I did. You did. Absolutely. <laughs> no, because they gave okay. me a picture full circle, mm-hmm. starting with your friend who experienced trauma because teenage pregnancy is a type of trauma. I don't know why it's not explain that way with other people right but teenage pregnancy is a type of trauma physically mentally emotionally and spiritually especially if you're not Mm -hmm. supported and then for you to experience SA as you uh said and I'm sorry to hear that and I know that that is your passion to make sure that women feel happy healthy whole and safe and secure within themselves um and as a survivor how do you separate the survivor part of you when you hear these stories or is it necessary to separate that or do you allow yourself that experience to heal along with you? You know, it's funny because this month is uh, Sex Assault Awareness Month. And 
I've been very present with, <clears throat> I've been doing a campaign that, uh, this is my first year doing the campaign and it'll be something that'll happen annually. Um, and my prayer during this campaign has been specifically what you just asked, Yushima, which is, Lord, help me to stay present. I don't want to stay in my trauma, mm-hmm. but I want to stay present with the realities of the experience and the healing journey. Because the women I encounter, I don't ever want to be above because I'm not. And I feel like we're all in this journey in different ways. So I want to be looking at the women that I'm standing with eye to eye and saying that I've been in your journey, whether I'm in your journey where you are or I'm over here or we're walking side by side. And so for me, it's an intentional space, not just because of that, but also because in trauma, you get detached. And so you can be up speaking and you can teach and I could tell my story and I could be very detached from it. And I don't want to be so detached from it that I'm not healing. I'm not present. I'm not um, hearing from God and connecting. There it is. I want to be connecting because I think people get confused, can get confused. I don't, it's, it's not standing in the trauma, but I want to be connected to the experience and be able to empathize and connect emotionally with people's experiences because a big part of trauma is detached. Yeah. And I find myself being in a space where I have to intentionally say, come into the room, be here with this body so that you can see who's in front of you. Yes, absolutely. Because the little girl inside of you wants to protect you from those emotions that may arise when you're triggered or when you hear someone else's story. So I'm glad that you've learned a way to be present, but also uh, there for your client, you know, mm-hmm. in a way that's healthy. I know that you helped me a lot. Um mm-hmm. I talk about you all the time. Juliet Wise is the bomb. So she doesn't have any openings. So don't try to contact her. <laughs> and one thing, I'm sorry. And I left one thing out that was a part of your question. Mm-hmm. One thing I learned in college from, nope, not in college, from my uh, supervisor, my clinical supervisor was Stan Long. Rest, rest in peace, Stan. That was my, love I him. love Stan. Right. <laughs> and yeah. Stan would talk to me about, and I probably put this wrong every time, but whatever the thing is, the canon. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He told me they would put, when people would work military years ago, they would put the dynamite in there mm-hmm. and everybody had a job. And he said, and the person who lit the fuse was on that end for the dynamite to go off and hit the target. Mm-hmm. He said, your job is simply to put the dynamite in the cannon and light the fuse. Mm-hmm. You can't see where it's going to go. And that's not your job. And Dr. Frazier also taught us, you know, how to keep it in that 60 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I'm in my 60 minutes with my clients, I my I try my best to show up for those 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. And when those 60 minutes are over, I've had to remember that God's got my client. So I can't go, I can't take all of that with me because if I take all of the trauma that I hear and experiences that I hear with me, first of all, I'm putting myself above God and that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And then second of all, I can't carry it. Mm-hmm. I can't heal. I don't need to carry it because he's bigger. And so mm-hmm. that's what I've learned to do is for the 60 minutes, I sit in those 60 minutes, I give whatever I can give. Mm-hmm. And then when it's over, I release it. Yes. How long did it take for you to perfect that? Um, I think that honestly, Yushima, I had a, some good professors. I went into the field learning how to do that with Dr. Frazier helping. And I believe it's because I'd already been a person in my personal life who didn't know how to do the 60 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So, so because I was already given beyond my means, I just had to learn to master it there before I learned to master it in the office. Right, right. Because right. I give beyond my means still mastering that. You know, give beyond my means outside of the office very much so. Yeah. But in the, here, I think I was able, I don't know why. Here it was, I was able to do it better. Yes. And setting those healthy boundaries, right, within your professional life, 
it can be a lot easier than setting it in your personal life. And I think it's because the investment is different. Mm, yeah. The investment mm-hmm. that we place in people that um, show up in our personal spaces is so much larger that when it's time for us to set that boundary, it's a little bit more difficult, but yeah. it's, it's hard to navigate either way. And I'm glad to hear that you found a way to uh, set those boundaries because it makes a difference. When I worked in prognosticating child sexual abuse, abuse and neglect, I did that for 10 years and I had no training on boundaries. So I would bring all of my cases home and I would ruminate over them. And I would, you know, I was frustrated with the judicial system because the crime never matched the the law never matched the crime. So mm-hmm. many perpetrators were able to get off with little to no jail time. And it was very mm-hmm. frustrating for me to fight this huge system. And no one was really doing this 25 years ago in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. No one else was doing it. So like you, I had to be the trendsetter without a blueprint. I was figuring mm-hmm. things out, right? Um, but I'm glad that we're in an age where there's more information and more support for this particular trauma that a lot of men and women yeah. Okay. So what's one thing you wish you had known before becoming a therapist? Mm, I wish I would have known how isolating the private practice journey. Mm-hmm. I've had to intentionally work in the last couple of, because I was feeling like my brother is choice. He's a therapist also, you know, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know where I was going, but the main thing is I, I realized that I'm community centered and I was missing community mm-hmm. and I love doing my individual therapy, but I need more. Mm-hmm. And so I've recognized as COVID has ended, I was like, what's, that's what I was going to say. Troy was asking me, do you still love what you do? And I was like, yeah, I do, but something, I don't know what it is, but something is missing. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that I need community. And so as I've gone into as we talked about uh, Texas Awareness Month, I feel like I'm being spot inspired again because I'm getting community. So that's one thing I wish I would have known. I love the private practice journey, but I think people, as they go in it, have to understand your what you need so that you will understand, I'm not getting tired of this. I just need more. Yeah. And so then you can find your balance. Oh, it's good to be able to identify those things. Not that, because sometimes we'll throw the baby in a bathwater away. Well, this is not making me feel good. So it's good to have a mind where you say, it's not necessarily the private practice itself. It's just the fact that I need to have uh, a social support or that social interaction in addition to my private practice. Would mm-hmm. you ever consider going back to non-private practice? No. Never. <laughs> no limits no, on me. And I feel like I don't want any limits. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. For several reasons. I'm right. I was like, no. No, I mean, I've been tempted because I'll see jobs come up. Mm-hmm. And as you know, on an entrepreneurial journey, uh, the salary, the business can be making this, but that ain't necessarily what I'm getting. And so I've seen jobs come up. I've really gone through hard journeys like, man, I could be making this without paying this and paying that and paying the other. Yeah. But then I think, but I wouldn't be a stay-at-home single mom. Yeah. And I value that so much more. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to have the freedom of going on a walk during the day. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be able to have the freedom to make my own schedule. And a big part of me and my life and my need is freedom. Yes. And so I honestly have had to go through that that evaluation this year because it kind of bothered me when I really started breaking down finances. I was like, wait a minute, I'm not making, can we make so much more money? But then I had to remember that it's not about the money. Yeah. And uh, now let's be clear. We definitely want to prosper. I don't want to, I don't want to sound like that person who's saying it's not about the money. Let's be broke. No, mm-hmm. it's not the path I'm on. I, I definitely, Desire prosperity. Mm-hmm. However, I've been understanding in reading that book I was talking about is letting God 
take the vision. Yeah. And as he takes the vision, this will come. Mm -hmm. But if I get focused on this, then I lose sight of the vision. And so that's what I've been allowing myself to do in my shifting season in recognizing that because I did look at the finances and I was bothered like, whoa. Then I had to be reminded by my friend who, like I said, is my business coach too, that you're an entrepreneur, you have a vision, your vision continues. If you allow your vision to continue forward, this mm -hmm. will shift, you will but come. you must be patient. You can't give up. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's good, Juliet. So one thing that I've had to do when it comes to uh, finances, right, is to identify what it is that I really want. And I love flexibility, right? You can't really buy, you can't buy the flexibility that you mm -hmm. want. I want to be able to travel, just identifying those things that I want to be able to do. And then I have to ask myself, am I able to do those things now? Yeah. And if I am, that helps to reset me just like how you were saying, okay, mm -hmm. let me, because when you look at things on paper, baby, look, I was just, these are my, fine, this, these are my monthly. Mm -hmm. Girl, right. It's two pages. It's two pages. Okay. Monthly. See, I, I need monthly. to make that. Oh yeah, I I I need a I need a chart and a graph. Right. I'm gonna be cut off. We'll be sitting here talking, and you'll be like, "Oh, the light." Okay, I'm gonna light. make that right. Yeah, so I check it off every month after a bill is paid, so I can keep track because it's so many of them, right? Yeah. And when you are an entrepreneur, and I, I also work in other mm -hmm. uh, companies and things like that, there is overhead. There are programs mm -hmm. and things that you have to pay for that come out, and uh, you know, licensing and all the things that you need to stay on top of, and it's a lot. But I wouldn't trade it either. Yeah. I wouldn't trade it. It's, it's worth it. Okay. Julia, we are moving into the segment that's called Fun Fact. Okay. Let me tell you something about <laughs> Julia. This is a part of the podcast where we present a fun fact. Since you're our guest today, would you like to share a fun fact with our listeners? Something that could be a weird fun fact. It could be a fun fact about you, about an animal, about whatever you want it to be, if you can think of one. A fun fact. If not, I have one. Okay, you give it. Because I might say, so I, I had something come up, but I don't know if that would be. Yeah, oh, we, as <laughs> we get into it, as we get into the segment. Well, this is the thing. So I'm a sex trauma therapist. I'm also an intimacy therapist. Okay. <laughs> and I am a freedom, I'm freedom centered. Yeah. And so one day in this life, I would love to streak down the streets of Europe. <laughs> That would be fun. Now, listen. No, that's my fun fact. I would love to join you. Let me get some things taken care of first. Come on, run. Let's get it's like it was even the most freedom-centered day. Uh, yes. I've always thought about that. I am freedom-centered. I think this woman, this body we're created in, that's the best part of it to me. But I do. I love working through the trauma, then helping people get to the intimacy because we heal this and we grow in this. And so I feel like when we find the freedom in this body that we think it's supposed to carry so much trauma and we mm. truly understand that it has its trauma, but it's also got the ability to spread wide, grow, grow strong. It does so many things for us. And I, that's a fun fact of mine. I love that. First of all, Kamal would be screaming right now because she is a nudist. At heart, yes, she's a nudist. I mean, child, if she didn't have to wear clothes at all, she would be like, this good enough. I will put on a blazer and that's it. And that's just for you, you should. Just live my life. Just live it. I want to be confident enough to do it in a body that I'm in right now. Yes. But if I get snatched up the way that I'm planning to pretty soon, baby, I might be right there with you in Europe. Let's go. Let's go. We yeah. can do it as a whole session. Freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I love the freedom to be able to express how it feels. One thing about Black women is we are always placed in a box. I don't know who 
created this box. I don't know why it's so small and I don't know why it's so many nails in here. It feels like a car, right? Mm -hmm. Where we're not supposed to be self-expressive. We're not allowed to be angry or sad or uh, we're not supposed to explore our bodies and learn how to accept all of the nuances that come along with giving birth to children or having mm -hmm something inflicted upon us. So to meet other Black women who embrace their whole selves, all of their, is very empowering. And it reminds me to continue to stay on my journey of accepting um, mm -hmm. and not always wanting to hide or, you know, be super modest the way that I was raised in mm -hmm. church. You know, you show, we had to wear stockings. It could have been a hundred. It was a hundred degrees. Right. We had to wear stockings and girdles and everything because God forbid if somebody mm -hmm. looked at us, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. we need to start teaching people how to have self-control instead of putting all of the expectation on the woman or the little girl mm -hmm. to be as modest as she can. That's good, Julia. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for sharing You're that. Welcome. My yeah. uh, fun fact was about a guinea pig. So yours was way better than mine. <laughs> My fun fact, I'm going to just read. Okay. I'm going to just read it. I think the Lord wanted this for you too, Liz. Look. In Switzerland, it's illegal to own just one guinea pig because they crave social interaction so much. In their natural habitat, they live in groups and are very communica communicate. So we were just talking about your need for social support, the way that you're seeking female social support, and how you realized in your PIP that you were like, yep. I'm I'm gonna need more. So that's hilarious that Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's the fun fact that came. That and streaking. Guinea pigs and streaking, it was great. Yeah, okay. I think those are both purposeful. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because they're both about freedom and social support. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Juliet, what's one thing about your field of expertise that almost no one agrees with you about? There's a lot. Let me think. <laughs> it feels like a lot of things. You said it's um, a lot. Right. <laughs> and I could be wrong. I'm trying to think. I think that almost no one agrees with me about. Some people don't agree that I can mix sex trauma therapy with sex intimacy. I think you have to almost. Go ahead. Yeah. But I, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's a, that's what comes to my mind. They don't understand how those two walk together. Hmm. But that's that's too, I don't think a lot of people understand sex, how sex trauma impacts intimacy. Right. And I don't think, and I don't think they realize that how much it impacts, not just sexual intimacy, intimacy overall, friendship, religious, all of it. You know mm -hmm, what I mean? Mm -hmm. It in fact impacts intimate relationships. But I don't know if that's what, can you give me the question one more time? What's one thing about your field of expertise that almost no one agrees with you about? I could see that being a big one. You think I could so? see that being a big one because they, mm -hmm. for some reason in our profession, they, they do those things separate. They keep mm -hmm. the trauma and the intimacy almost uh, as polar opposites when they have to intertwine and intermingle in order for them to heal and to be able to identify those spaces where they have those walls up or they're too porous with their mm -hmm. boundaries because they've been yeah. violated. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. that makes per perfect sense. Have you found yourself in any debate about that with your colleagues or are I you a debater? I'm a debater, but I'm a debater when... might sound bad. No, it won't. Let me stop saying that. People say that over explain. I think that I'm a debater when I feel like somebody has knowledge on the topic. Mm -hmm. If I feel like they don't have knowledge on the topic, I just accept. Got it. Mm -hmm. You know, because I, I need a knowledgeable debate. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to argue. I used to be more of a debater than I am now. And now... I'm not even going to waste my time. <laughs> because for me... You that... don't know what I know. You stupid right. and I'm not. Say it, Juliet. <laughs> this is an honest podcast. You're stupid and Juliet is not. She that's is your expert on it. I feel like that's your opinion of it. Yeah. And this is what I'm working and doing daily. And so... I just, I accept it because I think that oftentimes people's barriers don't allow them to understand 
and their fears. Don't allow them to understand why they intersect. Um, and I think it's a, a level of awareness that they would not have if that is something that's causing a confusion for them. And it would help them to come into therapy and I could help them through it. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. You see, I don't debate much about much anymore. Um, I don't, I'm not a debater as much. I used to be a strong debater. I think as I've worked through certain things in my life, I realized hmm, I like debating. I don't have anything to prove anymore. I think before my, I think before my debating was based on needing to prove to me and to you that I know what I'm talking about. My voice is important and I need to be heard. And I think I'm, I don't need to be heard anymore. I hear myself and I think that God hears me. And so I don't, I don't, I don't like to debate that much anymore. People get confused because they're used to me being a debater. So they're like, you good? We good? You're like, yeah, I'm good. You know, that's what you think. If you did, I just want you to have you. And I had to learn how to allow people to own their emotions as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However you're feeling, um, if it was, if I triggered you by something that I said, I allow you to own that. Mm -hmm. If I offended you and I feel like I really said something offensive, mm -hmm. or even if you feel like I said something offensive, I don't have a problem with saying, you know what? I, I apologize mm -hmm. that I offended you by what I said, but I'm still yeah. standing, standing at 10 toes down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's time. me too. Because I think I read a devotion from Sarah again the other day. Sometimes because of, as, as therapists, we can communicate very directly and I communicate direct, but I mean what I say. Um, but I, I'm learning that some people can't take it straight, straight, no chaser. Right. Yeah. And I'm a straight, no chaser type of person, <laughs> but I am learning, like you said, to uh, uh, shift because I don't mind apologizing for causing pain. But my intent wasn't to cause pain, mm -hmm. but what I meant what I said, I'm most likely, oh, okay. I just have to learn how to hold it a little different. I don't know. I'm learning the opposite. I was too nice. Yeah. I'm learning how to be more direct and more firm because I used to like, you know, tiptoe mm -hmm. around people and their emotions. But baby, it's so many of my hair. It's like a minefield. You might as well yeah, just walk. Because either way you step, is you being nice And are we not? trying to grow or not? That's how are I be we? feeling. Are we trying to grow? Do we want to grow or do we want to sugarcoat this? Because I'm right. trying to grow. Mm -hmm. And I want to be surrounded by people who want to grow. So shoot so, it to me straight. I might get offended. But if I trust you and we love one another, I'm going to listen. I'm going to come back around and I'm going to say, ah, that was hard. So tell me this. In the session, you the yet. Because I've done this. I did this last. Have you ever said something too, too harsh to a client? Not harsh, but like too straight to a client. And they weren't expecting it. And their eyes get big. And you'd be like, well, you know, I just wanted to let you know that this is what I'm saying. From my standpoint, it's evidenced by. I feel that this is true. Have you ever? We have many times. And I think I try, though, to wait until I build enough rapport. But I, because I think my clients know me, yeah. especially those that have been there for a while. And if I see it, but I pay attention to body language. And if I see it, then I'll fall back and I'll say, oh. What's that? Maybe Tell that me was... how you're feeling. <laughs> yeah. Because mm -hmm. I, because sometimes, and I finally found a therapist for me who shoots me straight. Mm -hmm. You know, because I'll be like, Lord, I need somebody to shoot it straight. I don't have time. I don't want, I want to heal. Yeah. And so that's why I try to put it on my profile so people will know when you're coming to me, this is the type of therapist I am. Yeah. So, you know, because I, I like to do the work with people. So sometimes I think I do, but I try to assess. And then I'll, if I know that I shot one that may cause a little bit of pain, mm -hmm. but it's a necessary pain, mm -hmm. then I'll just fall back a little and watch and let it digest. Mm -hmm. And then kind of say, how did it feel when I said, yeah, because it's got to be done.
It has to be done. I've, to yeah, I've been saying that a lot. So yeah. how does that feel? How, how does that make you feel? You're, what you're an amazing therapist and that's why people keep coming because we're gluttons for pain, not to stay in pain. That sounds bad. No, in the no, 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 but, but we need the pain to heal. Yeah. You need the pain. Yeah. Because if you're not feeling anything in your therapy, why are you there? Why are you there? And I'm not here to make you feel good. You shouldn't leave your therapy sessions like, oh, that was a fun talk. That was I fun. Know. Right. That was fun. Some sessions are going to be lighter than others. Some are going to go deeper than others. Some sessions when we have on those days, some maybe once in a while, I'm like, I just want to tell you about my day. And, you know, that's it. The other ones, you have me dribbling and snot crying. Yeah. And it's like people waiting for me to come and do their session. We got to start doing <laughs> night sessions and stuff because my whole day, I'll be like, oh, I had my session this morning, but I'm okay. I'm, you know, we're going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. But, those are the times when I find that I am growing and I am seeing things from a different perspective. And while it may not feel good, it's a necessary uh, part of our, our growth. I know one, one thing, one way that I explained it to my clients, right? Because I needed them to fully gain a perspective about what therapy is, because I think that there are so many misconceptions about it. And I'm going to ask you about that later on in the podcast is one of the questions, but there's so many different misconceptions about therapy um, that they are going to feel good and that we're supposed to be there to appease them, or we're going to make this partner feel like they're wrong and you're the right one because you made the appointment. No, we're all in here. We're on a level playing field and we're, I'm going to tell you both mm -hmm. what's going on with you. You know, so one way that I describe it is as a burn victim. When you come in here, I see you as a burn victim, right? So you've been through this mm -hmm. horrible fight and you've experienced physical trauma. Your blood has started to coagulate. You have scabs all over you, but there's infection. And mm -hmm. now we have to start killing off the scab, which is a painful, horrible process. Your nerve endings are there. In some spaces, it's going to be much more delicate than other spaces. And now we have to start cleaning out your before sepsis mm. sits. Mercy. But we're not done. There. After we clean your wound, now we have to allow it to heal. It. But there's spaces that will need skin graft. Mm. So your unaffected areas have to get mm. cut mm. and surgically removed to be placed over the affected area in order for you to be whole, right? So it's a process, it's grueling. And when it's over, there will be scars, but you'll still be here and you'll be in a better position than you were the last time you came. Hopefully that's the hope, right? So mm -hmm. it's not yeah. a fun process. Healing is not, you know, mm -hmm. and um, you have moments when you have breakthroughs and it's that, it's that, oh, you get, it's like a, you, you get this high, like, oh, I'm so glad I had that breakthrough. But then you're like, oh, I'm really messed up. Mm -hmm. I'm way mm -hmm. more messed up than what I thought. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, oh, mm -hmm. I didn't even know that was that. I didn't know that was problem. And I get that a lot. I'm sure you get that a lot, honey. Yeah. 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 I didn't even know yeah. that was trauma. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, honey, how you interact with these people, that's trauma. Okay. Exactly. I love what you just said. I can't wait to, for someone to hear that because you just gave the best description ever um, of healing, you know? So I won't interrupt. I'm sorry. I knew you were going to no. the next question. This yeah. Just for both of us, talk. Yeah. I, and yeah. I appreciate you saying I'm a good therapist too. Thank you. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Because I love that description. So funny. I love what you just said, because when people truly understand, because I've had clients say, you know, I don't know that I'm going to come back because I didn't feel good. And I'm, you know, and, and I've had to be able to say, well, I'm not here to make you feel good. That's not my job. That's not why you came here, you know? And so 
I'm I'm here to do my job and be in purpose in holding space for you. And if I'm just here to make you feel good, then we have to assess your readiness for this form of fear, you know, because there's someone there who may be there in your journey just to listen and support. But that's not the type of therapist I am. And mm-hmm. so you got to assess where you are in your journey. And if you're ready, and, and I have to be careful because I, I I don't, I think sometimes people feel like I'm saying, well, if you're not ready, to, but you just have to assess where you are in your journey. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if you're in the part of the journey where you just need someone to listen, mm-hmm. because you might get a therapist that you will get a therapist who's good for that. And then when you're ready to shift, then you can look for a therapist that you're ready to shift and move to a different part of the journey. And so I just I just wanted to make this reiterate that for, for what I'm saying. I love that. Oh my goodness. When I was coming back into my spiritual journey, I started off with Joel Osteen because I couldn't handle nothing. Mm-hmm. I was in so much pain. I was like, just make me feel. So mm-hmm. I watched Joel Osteen. Then when I wanted a little bit more, I went on to my girl, um, what's her name with the hood? She was just in my head. Joyce Meyer. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. handle a little bit more, but it wasn't like heavy. Mm-hmm. But it was then, a, mm-hmm. Yeah. Then when I want some heavy stuff, I might go to the voice of prophecy. I might go. You, of course, the Bible was always a constant, right? Mm-hmm. And as, as I started growing and feeling more confident in my relationship with God again, then I was able to get to the meat and potatoes. Well, who are we really? You know, I was yeah. able to start to really learn who we are in this journey and what this really means and going back to core beliefs and things like that. But I had to start off with Joel. And yeah. some of our clients need Joel Osteen. And I, I yeah. am not he. That is not yeah, me. That is no, me. I am not. I am. I'm not. <laughs> okay. So one question I love to hear the answer, and I would love to hear you. Um, what's one thing that you would tell your 15-year-old self if you had 30 seconds? Mm, wow, that almost made me emotional. I would tell her, you're you're okay, just, you know, uh, you're good. You know, uh, because uh, short moment of transparency, when I was 15, I was a little bit of a tomboy. And I'll never forget, a friend of mine said, nobody's ever going to want to have sex with you because you're such a boy. I liked being boyish. Mm-hmm. I liked climbing trees. I liked wearing baggy pants with boxers. You know, that was back in the day. Yeah, Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Chase, don't go to TLC, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that I like. But when that message was spoken into me, I thought I was missing out on something. And based on that messaging, I wouldn't have lost my virginity. And I wish I would have known. If I could sit down and talk to her, I wish she could have came to me and said, hey, this this friend said this. What is that? And I would have told her, you're okay, just as you are. That's her experience of it. It doesn't have to be yours. How do you feel? I would have processed with her. How do you feel? How did it make you feel when she said that? And I would have been able to say, it made me feel alone. It made me feel like something was wrong with me because I didn't know anything about boys. So that, I would have sat down and talked to her and asked her some questions and said, you know, you're beautiful just as you are. Have fun. Experience life. Do what you want to do. And let people have their journey, you know? So that's what I would have told my 15-year-old. That's a tough age. Mm-hmm. 15 is tough. Anything, mm-hmm. all ages are tough. Some about those teenage years where you're already feeling, most of us, if we're not interfered with, would be just fine. Yes. If we didn't get those types of mess, right? We mm-hmm. would be fine if people just left us alone. But one mm-hmm. thing that I've learned, and I'm sure you've seen this too, is people project on you how they really feel about themselves. So she was feeling like boys didn't want her unless she did certain things, mm-hmm. right? And so understanding that now, it's like, man, if I could just go back and take this wisdom and pour that into my 15-year-old self, that would have been something else. Um, yeah. 
and that message that you're fine just the way that you are. I tell your 15 year old self and mine, you're going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. You're going to be fine physically yeah. and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree with your message. Yeah, because I, I feel like I, one thing, um, even when I was talking to you, because you know I do a lot of body work. And so I was paying attention to how my body felt when I was talking to you. That's one thing I love about you. Yeah. I I do it on myself in many ways, you know, and I pay attention to the piece that I find in my body. And when I was talking just then, I really felt like I spoke to my 15 year old self. Mm -hmm. Also spoke to the parent now of a teenager, because I also feel like I wish that I had, I wish my mom had the tools at that time to do that, to say, well, not even just to do that, to be safe for me to come to and say, this person said that no boys are going to like me and want to have sex with me. Does that mean I should go have sex? Because that's a, it's a, it's a natural question at that age. But if you grow up in an environment where sex is bad and that's all you learn about it mm-hmm. and sexual attraction and connection and, and curiosity related to other people's experiences is there's no space for it, no mm-hmm. space held for it. Then you're out there trying to find it out on your own. And so in the parenting journey for me as a parent, it encourages me to, I've seen myself grow to, and, and I want to just validate me and saying, I've learned from my experience how, as I've grown, I was just praying that prayer this morning, as a matter of fact, it's so funny, like God continue to grow me, forgive me for things I did in seasons of pain that I didn't know how to do now, help me to show up in these years of my daughter before she goes on to college. Let me be a present for her that she can hear. That was my present for you. She was so crazy. And so I pray that I'm able to show up for her because when I felt that in my body, the nurturing come from me in that moment, I want to be able to give her that. And when she's faced with that, because she will be, and I want to tell anybody who's listening, your children will be. You have to hold a space and not get mad and get scared because, I mean, we made it. We're alive. Mm -hmm. So... So you can hold a space for them so they don't have to have the same journey we had. And we could just kind of talk to them and say, hey, that's not abnormal, but that's not your story. That's her story for whatever reason it is. Have you had to have those those talks with your baby girl yet? I've had to have a lot of talks with her about a number of different topics. Not that in specific yet. Hopefully she'll come. I hope I'm providing space. I think I am. (laughs) Um, But not that, but I've had to have some conversations that I'm so thankful that she's come to me and asked me about or made space for me to talk about because I would have never, I don't remember those kind of conversations or there being a space for any conversations outside of, no, you can't do this. You can't go there. You can't date this. You can't. I don't remember any spaces. And mommy, I love you. I know you've grown if you see it. But I'm just saying that that wasn't a part of the journey. And I needed it. And I wish I had it. You made a huge point. Um, I call that reparenting. When I do my parenting classes and co-parenting classes, it's so many spaces where we have to reparent ourselves. And I always preface that with saying, this is without blame. Mm -hmm. This is without blame. This is without shame to our parents who did what they knew to do Mm -hmm. at that time. Um, But there was not a lot of space for those emotional conversations because a lot of our parents went through stuff. So we didn't have to go through Mm -hmm. it, right? A lot of them Mm -hmm. were marching and a lot of them were trying to just get, you know, get their footing Mm -hmm. in a society that beat them down so harshly that they wanted us to be tough and to be able to Mm -hmm. stand on our own and to be able to just, you know, fight through it. And Mm -hmm. my mother would have looked at me like, girl, if you don't get out of here with that, you know, Mm -hmm. stupid stuff, you know, they just didn't have the the capacity. No, and then they had all their trauma and lack of the ability to attach and nurture and, you know, and so them not having that, 
very little nurturing skills um, made it difficult Indeed. for us to experience nurturing, for me to experience nurturing. Um, and that's why I seek it in women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm learning to receive it because it's form. So, and so- <laughs> that part, how, yeah. how is it? It's so new to have people that look like you, right? Feminine energy mm-hmm. that's not requesting anything of mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. return. Pour in. How are you receiving it? And where do you feel that in your spirit and in your body? Honestly, that part that hit me when you said they're not expecting anything in return. I'm learning that. I'm learning to trust that. My body is not at peace with any of it yet, honestly. Um, I am very skeptical. And I'm learning that that comes from the mother wound. I don't I thought, I don't know where I thought it came from. You know what I mean? But I'm learning now where it comes from, you know? And so in the journey, it's, it's, it's like little by little doors open. And I'm learning to shift my expectation because I have the expectation that's unrealistic for a woman in the space of me subconsciously to be a mother to me. And I'm putting a responsibility on her to be that. And she is not my mother. And so when I'm disappointed by something that happens, wow, this is deep. This is a session for myself, LL. When I'm disappointed by something that happened, I'm put off game strong because my expectation is that you understood that that would hurt me in the way it did. And I would never do it to you. So why would you ever cross me and do it? But that's trauma, right? And so now I'm learning that to just be in the space of women who have been nurtured, because you can see it and you can feel a woman who knows how to nurture. And I'm learning how to receive it because I've been a nurturer, but I've been so much of a nurturer. I haven't been able to experience nurturing. And so I am learning how to just sit in a space of it and trust it no matter where it's coming from, no matter what can happen, because none of that matters. But it's a journey. So I can't put it all to words because I'm in it now. That <laughs> the mother womb creates the expectation of people to mother you and they can't do that because that's not their space that's not their job and so we place that on them and we cut people off because of our expectation and disappointment mercy i'm trying not to ugly cry during this we're gonna keep on going we're gonna go to something something lighter if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life what would it be Gonna break this thing. I think I could do I think I could do Mediterranean food over and over again in different ways. Yeah. I love Mediterranean food. Mm-hmm. And I love so many parts of it. They said that's the best diet in the world. They did. The yeah, whole it's so study good. Yeah. Like I like how the vegetables are cooked. I like falafels. I like the lamb, mm-hmm. grapes. I was kind of thinking through it. I was like, I think I could do that one over and over again because I can make different stuff, you mm-hmm. know. I think I'll give me a gyro after this. Uh right. thank you for that. I will absolutely right. be doing that today. Have a guy right. coming, getting extra meat. All right, thanks. Exactly. But yeah, that's good. Um, and so that's me deflecting. And now we're going right. to go uh, to... Now we're going to shift. Choking up. I'm going to digest right. that later. Right. right. We're gonna, yeah, I'm going to unpack it. Probably with you. Me I'm too. Girl, I'm going to unpack it with my therapist too. I'm like, wait, I, I found some now. Right. Pretty heavy. Um, I know earlier you talked about your book, Women Evolve. Right by Sarah mm-hmm. Jakes Roberts, yeah. and tell me three things that you've learned about this book. This is a section in our podcast that's called "What Are You Reading?" and we opened up with a little bit um, about how this book has helped. What are three ways that this book has really helped you in your journey? Wow, this book has been so powerful. Back to body work. I feel it all in my heart, my stomach positive feelings. Um, it's been helping me to accept who I am. One thing she said is that, what is she, let me see how I put it. God has already placed a promise on your life, right? Sometimes we participate in per- activities within our trauma that 
that inflict pain, that where we experience pain, and then we also have consequences. She was like, but if you can learn that your promise was always there, no matter what the consequence, and you let your promise come up here with your consequence, then you let your consequence be your testimony, and then we're back in the promise. Then you'll be able to shift in many different ways. And I don't even know if I'm explaining that right, but get your promise aligned with your consequence. Because when we allow ourselves to sit in the consequence, and we understand that the promise has always been on your life, then you're able to walk into it. And so that's what I've been learning in that. That's one thing. The other thing, that she talks about is the story of Eve and how we've been so hard on Eve. That's the whole premise of the book. It's a lot about Eve and how we've been so hard on Eve. And she goes through her story and she just talks about Eve having to deal with the consequence of her decision. But she said the one thing God did was when he placed enmity between the woman and the devil, right? You know, I got Tyler Perry versions of stories. So (laughs) placed enmity between the woman and the devil. That was the best thing he could ever do. Because when we experience trauma and when we experience pain, when a woman's fed up and she realizes who did it, she's coming for you, right? And so he he was like, if we could embrace it, even us and say, get up every morning. I don't have my bell in here. My friend gave me this bell because we're in this health group and we've been talking about this journey that I've been, when I've been reading this book. But she said, if we could get up every morning and we can understand that God put us in a game, if we want to think of this simulation, I don't know if people too religious to see it this way, but when you think of it as a simulation and you say, there's enmity between the devil now and this woman. We are earth. We birth the world. We give life. The promise has not been, we haven't lost the promise. The devil just thought he could take it. But then, but when when, when, we, when we get that enmity and you say, okay, when I get up in the morning, I understand now where the battle is. I didn't understand the battle then. He slipped in and he gave me this fruit and he said, you can eat it. And I got seduced into the space of doing it. And I was like, ah, it's going to be okay. But now that you tricked me and I lost so much and I have to deal with the consequence, game on, game right? On. And, and so the yes. message that has been going with me, I didn't know then, mm-hmm. but God knew in the midst mm-hmm. of my sexual abuse, mm-hmm. in the midst of all the things that I've been through, I've been mad. Yeah. Why would you give me pain to fulfill a promise? Yes. But as I've been reading this book and I've been understanding my purpose, my promise, the consequences and the game. Come on. Get up in the morning. Game on. Game on. So that's the message that I've been getting. Game on. And so that's 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 the power in the book that I I love that. First of all, I'm I wrote this down so I can get it myself. So right. get the article. It's first. everything. It is everything. I listen to books all day long. Um mm-hmm. and that is so powerful to see God in a space of um perfect peace and perfect pain. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that create um, this junk thinking. It's like a cognitive dissonance, right? Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. you bring me perfect peace, but also perfect pain. Um, and when I look at decisions that I've made, I'm like, I see some some ways that I participated in those things. And I had to really pray and talk to my therapist, my awesome therapist, Juliet Wise, with new uh, journey to new beginning, counseling service LLC, uh, about how to process that because mm-hmm. it's so, it's troubling. When you, you know what I'm saying? It's troubling. It's hard to make sense of it all. And so to be able to find a way to describe it and understand it, I think that's part of the healing journey as well because we have to make peace with our God. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have to yes. make with mm-hmm. our God in order for us to really be fully healed and minds kind of fluctuate sometimes because healing is a process. And mm-hmm. I'll be like, you know, I remember when you did that to me, we got to talk it out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I'm sure he just be looking at me like, now, you know, yeah, girl, yeah. having mm-hmm. that relationship with God to be able to discuss the hard things 
I feel like you let me down. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid mm -hmm. to ask for anything because what if you don't show up? Mm -hmm. Why did you let this happen to me? Mm -hmm. These are questions. He said, test me, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if he meant that literally, spiritually. I don't know. But I, no, mean, I, I took it that. literally. I, doing, I did. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so. Because of me. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just listening. I didn't want to interrupt him. Sorry, you in the middle of a thought. No, that was it. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I take it literally. Um, now that I finally started taking God literally, I can see him as not the enemy. I can see him as a supporter because you're going to listen when I'm mad. And I don't have to come to you the way people been taught in the space of religious. And so, but the largest thing I wanted to go back to is what you're talking about, Yushima, and us get him giving us the ability to figure it out on our own, whether you meant literally or whatever, however we're figuring it out. That's the biggest part of intimacy. It goes back to intimacy. Because when I trust the ultimate creator, that I can be intimately raw in my space of communication and that I'm not going to hell for it and I'm not doing anything wrong, then it teaches me the primary components of intimate relationship, right? Because intimate relationships should be honest. The only way I can connect with you intimately and so that I can connect with you physically is to have honesty. Yes. And so when I listen to you talk about that, it helps me, it, it even brought me back to what we were saying earlier, even though in those expectations of women to show up in a nurturing space, it is also recognizing that if they can, it still doesn't mean that your expectations take you into a space of trauma. You get to choose still if they're safe to be in relation. I wanted to close that up because you still get to choose if they're safe to be in relationship with. Your expectation can be that you want them to be, you realize it within you that you 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 needed a nurturing figure and you may put them all the way here. But just because you put them there, it does not mean you cannot still have an expectation of what type of safe relationship you need to have. I wanted to round that up because I wanted yes. to be clear. You know how sometimes people are like, oh, you and your trauma? No. I get to still have boundaries mm -hmm. and expectations. And even if those expectations are unrealistic, I don't have to put them on you, but I can say for myself, okay, they may not be able to show up in that way. And that's okay. I can send love and blessing, but I don't have to orbit in their space Absolutely. if they're not safe. Absolutely. I don't know. I wanted to round that back up because that was in my mind. That's good because it does make a, it makes a difference when you think about how we've been taught hot or cold, right? Mm -hmm. You're hot or cold and no one wants to be lukewarm. God forbid, right? You don't want to straddle the fence, but I've learned or I'm learning how to allow my friends to show up in the spaces where they're strong. And I try mm -hmm. to focus on their strength and I allow mm -hmm. them to act out in their strengths. And I uh, have learned how to show up in spaces mm -hmm. where I can afford to show up in those spaces because I was trying to feel or fix my mother wound by mothering everything. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like mm -hmm. nurturing mm -hmm. and just spreading myself so thin that it was like, I started to feel resentment because I never received it. It was never reciprocated, but it's because I'm around broken people. Yeah, that part. Mm -hmm. I'm around broken that people part. and I'm mothering them. So you said something so profound. I'm learning how to be in spaces by women who were nurtured, mm -hmm. who are yeah. nurturers mm -hmm. and not so broken that mm -hmm. I can't ever receive anything because mm -hmm. we can say that Oh, it's not about, no, it's a friendship should be, a relationship should be reciprocal. It, it doesn't should. matter what type of relationship it is. Mm -hmm. It should be reciprocal. And when you find yourself pouring into people constantly all the time and never receiving anything back, mm -hmm. it's draining and it does cause resentment. So that was a huge component. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a major piece for finding healthy relationships. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Okay. We're moving out of what are you reading? And into the next question. What pattern of behavior do you see most in your clients? Relationships uh, are the biggest thing I see. Um, not knowing how to maintain relationships. 
And I think that I love it so much because I identify, right? Um, but I the patterns that I see is like a communication. I think we as women, I work with men, women. I have some male clients, let's be clear, they I don't I'm, I I only see women clients, but I have some male clients. Just okay. want to make sure I'm marketing correctly. Right. But but um they were here before. Okay. So, mm-hmm. but um, I think oftentimes as women, we think we communicate well. Mm-hmm. We communicate absolutely horrible. I think, think that we think, especially when we've dealt with Trump. Um, and so I, I, I find a lot of patterns in communication um, relationships. Mm-hmm. We don't trust relationships. Um, so the patterns I see is having difficulty understanding how to maintain and hold on to relationships. With self too, it's not just other people. It's with self, understanding identity, worth, in relationship. I don't know if that's answering. Would that be pattern? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And the, the breakdown into interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. is also what, what, what you're saying right now. Um, it's such a huge issue now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, every relationship. Yeah, yeah. It's every all of relationship, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. of them, the relationship within themselves, the relationship with mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. in their spaces. Um, so yeah, I, 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 and agree. I, I see. Yeah. And I think the most beautiful part that I'm learning about all forms of relationships, whether they be married, parental, intimate, sexual, whether they be polyamorous, whether they be polygamous, whatever relationship, all forms of relationships is that there's another end if we're just willing to, that's how I see it. I don't know. That's, oh, that's, people have very different views of me regarding what I talked about. It's not polyamorous, but I feel but I feel like um, I think there's another end. There's such beautiful ends when we are willing to come to the table in these spaces and mm-hmm. therapy and do your work. There's so much. There's so much beauty in in learning communication. Patterns. Oh my goodness! Now you touched on something, and I'm not gonna go too deep. I don't know how many male listeners we have, but this movement of first of all, polyamory is nothing new. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nothing new. It's not, it's, this is not new, right? But when I look at the guy mm-hmm. who may not be equipped to handle one mm-hmm. woman in any capacity because they have a mother, a gaping mother and father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel that they're trying to fill those spaces and their God-sized hole by packing women, right? Mm-hmm. So they need multiple women for multiple things. And I'm not against polyamory. You do what you do. But it needs to be a healthy environment, no matter what type of relationship you choose to have. You need to be ready to deal with. I get mm-hmm. a lot of men who come in and say, well, she needs to be submissive to me. Are you creating an environment for her to be safe in her sub- mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because exactly. if, your, if your expectation and your environment does not align, mm-hmm. then she has no space to be submissive. To be safe, submit Exactly. I agree. Fully. So. Mm-hmm. We have these discussions. I have some couples that, you know, feel like they should be able to do their thing, but um, they're not showing up as, and this is what I mean about challenging my clients to be the best versions of themselves and to really see who they are. Mm-hmm. What are you hiding from? And you got to you- do your, mm-hmm. go, ahead, go ahead, ahead, sis. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Because you were hitting it right there. You said, what are you hiding from and what? What are you hiding from and what are you trying to fulfill by presenting yourself as this person who um, shows up as this alpha male. But when you walked in here, that's not the energy I got because mm-hmm. you keep telling me that you're an alpha male. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's where the work comes too. We have to really, we have to understand ourselves mm-hmm. um, in order to understand our relationship. If we don't do the work to understand ourselves, there's no way we can truly understand our relationships. And so I think that starting with 
you know, starting with our individual selves. We can get many places, beautiful places, beautiful places, because I find myself getting it. Yeah, listen, if, if I could be fixed, anybody could be fixed. And girl, me too. Like, listen, if God could be like, girl, you, yeah, you, you, I'm picking yeah. you up out this mud right here. I'm you, I'm wipe mm-hmm. you out. If he could do that, yeah. I feel like anybody can can uh, experience healing. And that's not a dig against men because there are, I have a lot of female clients who are just as, you know, in need of mm-hmm. additional support and, you know, correction. But I'm, when we just talked about the poly relationship, that's just one pattern that I see. Mm-hmm. Um, that mm-hmm. just really. But know, I think it's me. a whole conversation because I think oftentimes people don't truly understand what polyamory is. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, and so it's 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 being educated in the space when they are identifying themselves so you can be healthy for one another. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want to, if that's the path that you are identifying with, be healthy for for yourself and others because we cause each other hurt when we're not. And it's about yeah. fairness. You have to be mm-hmm. fair in all of mm-hmm. your decision mm-hmm. making with your partner or partners, mm-hmm. whatever, wherever you are. Okay, mm-hmm. Juliet, are you able to separate therapist Juliet from homegirl Juliet when you're hanging out with friends, when you're watching TV? Are you able to ever cut that part of yourself off? And if so, tell me how. Mm-hmm. Friends would probably say no. Uh, but my daughter uh, has to check me. She's like, mom, don't therapize me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, if I can answer, honestly, I would like to think that I am separating it. But I think that my... so. But then I try to tell them I was this person before I became a therapist. So it's... Oh, my gosh. That's it, Juliet. This is who you were always. Yeah. So now that I am I have the label of therapist, they're like, you're being a therapist. But I, was I being a therapist before I became a therapist? I was being mm-hmm. myself. So right. I, I, I think that... I think when they call it, I am. But I also think that they're not fair, my friends, sometimes. Because you want me to show up in therapist mode when you want me to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But then when you don't want me to, I'm being a therapist. Right. I don't know if I'm Which one? Pick one. I don't know. I try to though because I don't like to I, I call it I don't like when people steal my ear. Yeah. Um and my friends though know. So they'll be like, now nah, I'm not trying to get you to be a ther- my cousin specifically, we're super close. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be a th- you you to be a therapist, but I really just this question. Right. So, but my close friends know how I feel about my boundaries and needing to be able to be free in spaces when I'm outside of the office. I don't, I don't need any expectation. That's why therapists, I've learned in the last few years, how much responsibility we have um, and, and the need to have people who can hold that responsibility in a valuable space, because I need to be able to just be free. And I don't need you to have any expectations of me to be a therapist in spaces where I just need to be Julia. Yes. Yeah. I just be your friend and listen to your foolishness. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're doing it again. You're going out with Tim again. Yeah. Oh, the same or one. Listen to me. Right. Or that. <laughs> or that. The so that's time, a- have you ever had a situation where you were heavy and somebody asked how you're doing and you just thrown off like, oh, you want to know how I'm doing? And then you, but then you start talking and then they start talking sometimes. That's not all the time, guys. I'm that happens most me. of the time. It does. You never get your stuff fully out. You never. And then you end up still having to help them with their stuff and you sitting there like, okay, I, me, okay, no? Okay, cool. cool. Okay, well, all right. Fine, all right. <laughs> I yeah. have one or two friends where I could be like, I had a rough day. Let me, you know, whatever. And I'm learning how to do that. Like this year, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm, year, learning mm-hmm. how to um, reciprocate in my friendship because I was just the, the the city dump when it came to everybody. And then they feeling good and I'm feeling worse than I was two hours ago when we started talking because I got your stuff and my stuff. So exactly. y'all, it needs to be reciprocated. Okay. 
That's good. What advice would you give our listeners who may be interested but apprehensive about seeking? Uh, I would tell them that your apprehension probably is not going to change. And it's okay to have, you know, uh, just take a step. Uh, that's the biggest thing I would tell you. I don't think your apprehension will change necessarily. But you just have to ask yourself, just like I had to ask myself, I wanted a specific type of therapist because I'm an EMDR therapist. So I wanted an EMDR therapist. And I was having a hard time. Fi- well, I didn't find one in this region, which that's a plug. Please, Black women therapists. Get certified. I'm going. Yay! (laughs) So we need more Black EMDR therapists in our region. And so I had a very difficult time finding someone who was truly certified and where I could really get, well, no, I didn't have a hard time. I didn't find it. And so it's it's being able to then say, okay, but you want a therapist, right? So are you not going to go to therapy because you can't find specifically what you want? Because you're a therapist, so you're pretty critical, right? And so are you not going because of that, but you you need someone to talk to? So are you going to limit yourself because you can't get exactly what you want? And so I had to challenge my and say, well, I need to talk to somebody. So I'm going to just get a therapist and we're going to go from there. So it's, it's sometimes recognizing that I can hold myself back and I have to ask myself what in me is holding me back and why is it holding me back? And if I don't want to answer that question, then I can allow myself to know there's something in me that's protecting me from answering those questions. And that's probably why I'm not in there. That's probably why I'm not there. And so then being able to have grace and say, it's okay that I'm having a hard time in this space. That's why I need some support. So let me reach out. I hear you saying, do it anyway. Yeah, do it anyway. Just go. Do it, just go ahead and go. The way that we have to do everything, yeah. the doctor's visits, the mm-hmm. just whatever. You know, if do you it. have anxiety, they can go virtually. Or if you prefer mm-hmm. in person, that's an option. I know with you it is as mm-hmm. well. Um, So just go anyway. So you heard it from a professional here, folks. You have everything. Yes, yes, yes. Please just go anyway. Mm-hmm. Because like Juliet said, it's going to be probably until mm-hmm. that first or second session and even you know, well into it, especially when you start getting into the meat and potatoes of it all, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. It's worth it. Okay, good. So Juliet, we're coming to an end. I'm sad to say, but before we do, we want you to choose between two different types of questions, naughty or not. Naughty. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for choosing that. Now this, I need you to tell me when I came up with this last, Mm -hmm. I'm proud of my, (laughs) I was hoping you would choose all right, Juliet, here's your naughty question. Would you rather accidentally post a naughty picture of yourself onto your largest social media platform or accidentally send a naughty picture to your newest client? Oh, you said client. Newest. Oh. Newest oh. client. Not a it's client. It's just going to have to go you. up on my social media. It just <laughs> had to be other. It can't be my client. <laughs> That's what I said. I would choose. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I'd rather the social media, but not my client. Right. She's the worst. <laughs> Especially a new client that may not know you. If you send me something, I'll be like, girl, did you, you did not mean to send me this. I'm deleting it. I'm deleting it. But I just want you to know it came to me. But the new one, they gonna, be like, be a... whoa, <laughs> what's happening? What's right. going on? Right. right. So I'm saying I would rather be so. Okay, good. All right, Juliet, we're coming to an end. But I have a couple more questions to ask you. I know earlier you answered this question for me. It's like I sent you these questions before, but I didn't, guys. Juliet is just on top of her stuff. This was going to be our next question. What is something that you're struggling with now and how are you handling it? And you expressed that, just learning how to be in this new space. Your mm-hmm. career is, you know, taking some changes and you're manifesting different things and it's happening and just learning how to sit in that space and receive it, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, here's taking me to my next question because I just had something happen to me alone mm-hmm. in, in a building. Have you ever felt afraid during a session? And if so, what happened and what did you do? Hmm. I have. Um, honestly, I prayed because I did not, in that moment, I didn't necessarily, but I came up with an action plan afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in that moment, I felt like, hmm, you don't have anything in place at this time. Mm-hmm. And you only have the dependence on God mm-hmm. right now. And so what I did is I came up with a plan. I didn't, the, the situation thankfully didn't shift into something to where I had to take action. But in the moment I recognized it brought home all those things that we've learned about safety and actually just made me think about some things additionally to do, you know what I mean? But it brought all those things home about safety and it, oh, actually I did do one thing. I did text another therapist and I said, if something happens and I send you whatever, I don't even want to say, you know what I'm saying? Or if, if something happens, this right I made an action plan right right and I think that's smart for any provider who mm-hmm. may find themselves working with uh, populations, any type of population, because nowadays you can't really tell who's walking into our mm-hmm. office at any given time, especially if you're alone mm-hmm. um, and you're not working closely with anyone who may know your schedule. It's so important to put a plan in place. I recently had to do that. Um, and mine involves several different things that can, mm-hmm. you know, help to protect my being. Because if it's between me and you. So let's be, right. let's be clear. Let's be. All right. right. And, <laughs> but we're both in a space where we want our clients to be happy, healthy, whole and safe. Right. Yes. We want you to be happy, healthy, whole, and safe. Exactly. We're going to do everything within our power to ensure that you remain safe Mm -hmm. as well. Exactly. Exactly. So Juliet, what's one thing that you've learned about yourself since becoming a therapist? I have learned so much about my journey listening to others. I've learned humility, um, but I've learned to stay in the process of growth. Um, I reiterate through that for myself daily. I don't ever want to be above anyone because we're always, we're all in this journey called life, all of us. And so in being a therapist, not only do I listen to help and walk down the path to freedom for my client. But I also am on that journey side by side because I know that each person I come in contact with, I can gain insight. So I'm a natural learner. I love observing things. And so that's the largest thing that I see is I'm constantly growing when I am in the space to help people. And I love it. I love learning. I love learning about EMDR and all of these different things. I love learning things to help people grow. That is, I feel like I'm forever learning. It it gets me excited. And so I think that's the thing that I've learned more about myself is, wow, you can learn something from anybody you come in contact with. Yeah, that's awesome. It's like a double blessing. Mm -hmm. It's like Mm -hmm. a keeping hand full, a keeping serving of a blessing when you're able to be in a space and give and also receive unintentionally because it's Mm -hmm. not our intention, but unintentionally God will highlight ding, ding, ding. And you'll be like, oh, this makes so much sense, especially in a space um, where you may have had Uh, a bias or Mm -hmm. you know not fully Mm -hmm. understood something about people why they move the way that they do Mm -hmm. and when it's brought to you it 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 does bring humility right it puts you in a space of acceptance and empathy and compassion for other people and yourself Mm -hmm. and it it helps you to give grace in those spaces it does it does grace it does 
Uh, I have to have you back. We're not ending yet, but I have to have you back to talk about EDMR. Not a lot of our clients know what it is at all. Mm -hmm. So if you are so inclined, no pressure, Mm -hmm. no pressure, but we would love to have you back to talk about EDMR and what that looks like in therapy and what it is and how it can help Mm -hmm. clients. Because I feel like that could be a whole session within Mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would love to have you back. You don't have to answer. I would love to. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Because I was just going to pressure you to try to come back thank you so much i appreciate you thank you, thank you. okay Love i appreciate that so we're gonna have to get a juliet wise schedule to come back and talk about edmr which is awesome and it has brought some breakthroughs for me and i think i might disclose one of those breakthroughs that came through when mm-hmm. we were in our session that broke me down mm-hmm. for several mm-hmm. weeks mm-hmm. where i was just like oh it was this, powerful yeah it was yeah. powerful so mm-hmm. that's something i really wanted to discuss all right juliet it's just about time to wrap up this Awesome. Awesome. I don't even want to call it an interview, a conversation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've enjoyed every moment of it. I wish Kamon were here. She's going to be so jelly, but I hope that you feel better. Come on. I hope I did you some just, okay. I tried to ask the hard hitting questions that you would ask. And then I came mm-hmm. with my silliness. So we balance each other perfectly. I can't wait. To, um, oh yeah. But I want to know what are you manifest for this week? What am I manifesting for this week? Hmm. Let me see how to put that in the word. Trusting and processing that out. Let me write it down. Because yeah, trusting. because trusting and processing not trusting and not out. Yeah. Trusting and processing not outcome. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I've got a lot of things that I'm planning for the first time. Mm-hmm. And this year I've known that it's about the process. Mm-hmm very aware of that but you know somehow in the midst you start getting worried about the outcome yeah and so the process is what is important this is a process this is beautiful it's done during the month of sexual assault awareness month thank you for having me here you thank you for being here yeah and so i'm trying to remember the process because that goes back to the visions god had the vision and my vision is to be able to touch as many people if god allows me Women, yeah. as God allows me to touch in my lifetime. Absolutely. I want to be able to reach women all over the nation, mm-hmm. whatever God, capacity God seeds for that to happen. But if I keep focusing on the outcome, my vision is so much smaller than God. Mercy. And so I've got to focus on the process, like being here. In the, mm-hmm. And as things happen, they happen. But I want to remember it because if I can focus on the process and I keep humility, I, I stay connected yeah. and I'm able to see you in me yeah and not views and who's gonna come and what's this and what's that mm-hmm. but they were able to say god's got the vision you focus mm-hmm. on the process he's got the outcome you focus on the process mercy girl that's that gave me too because i need that mercy y'all see why i come to her okay again she has no opening so do not reach out because you ain't gonna be taking up my time all right all right um that was awesome right. because mm-hmm. we are taught right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That we are supposed to see the outcome. And if you can't see it, then it's not worth But mm-hmm. we've planted many seeds that we'll never have the pleasure never of mm-hmm. uh, seeing come into bloom. Um, and you just plant that seed anyway. So I think right now you're planting the seed in your space and you'll reap your harvest when it's time. But right now it's planting season. Absolutely. I agree. Ooh, mm-hmm. I'm, everything you said to me, it was like God was just telling me, trust the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, because this is a new podcast and our individual social media is flourishing and blooming. And we're trying to, you know, come out and get more supporters and get more listening, getting more listeners. And when we put these things on our own platform and like you said, views and all those things, Mm -hmm. that stuff will come with time. I'm going to keep doing what I love to do and Mm -hmm. enjoying the process. And when the outcomes Mm -hmm. happen, 
they happen, but I want to do what I enjoy in the meantime, yep. in between time. I want to enjoy yep. that process. So that's very yep. important. All right, Julia, what question do you wish I had asked? Mm-hmm. I think you asked all the good questions. I don't, I don't have anything. You can't. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that the reason I say that is because I woke up this morning and I was heavy last night and this morning about my vision. And that's why. But then I said, okay, so you haven't been reading your devotions like you need to. So I pulled out my Woman Evolved. Sarah Jakes Roberts, please, if you want to meet me, please, when you see this video, I would love to meet you. I'd love to meet in present. This woman is blessed and ordained. And I think that the way she speaks, it wakes me up. And so I think that God gave you the exact questions that I needed to be asked so that I can remember what we just talked about, trusting the process and not the outcome. It's planting season. I wrote that down. Trusting that I I struggle. Maybe this is a question. I struggle in the space of, it's clear probably from listening to me that I have my own religious trauma. And I struggle oftentimes in the space of talking about God. It's weird to say that out loud because I don't want anybody boxing me in. To any space. It's weird. I don't know. And so I I struggle with that because I love God because I've understood God in a different way. Um, but people can often box you in. But anyway, so trusting the process, I don't know how to, that's a whole conversation, but trusting the process and not the outcome, it just helps me to remember that for everything. So I think that your questions were perfect. Um, they've helped me today because I've got videos to post. I've got Two more weeks in Sex Assault Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And I needed this halfway point, this conversation right here to continue in the process. So it was necessary. Like Fantasia said, it was necessary. I needed the questions you had. Yeah. Amen. So we need to have you back for two different sessions. EDMR. EDMR. And, and then. Should I say this? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It's EMDR, sir. EDMR. EMDR. EMDR. I keep saying, yes. I keep saying it wrong. EMDR. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. it's eye movement. There we are. Desensitization and repressivism. Desensitization and repressivism. Yes. Yes. I, I just wanted them e- to say we're Googling it to Google it right. Right. E- Google right. E-M-D-R. D-R. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for it. Yeah, because I move you. Okay. And we need to have you back to talk about our belief and religious trauma. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Religious trauma. All right, Julia. You guys, we're coming to an end for real this time. Mm-hmm. Where can our listeners find you? You can find me at Juliet W J two N B on Instagram. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Chats with Juliet, and you can find me on Facebook at Journey to New Beginnings Counseling. And my website is uh, J the number two in as Nancy B as in boy dot com. All right, and Juliet's going to provide all of that to me so I can post it in the description and you'll be able to reach out to her. I was joking earlier. She may have some openings for some of y'all. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll share her. <laughs> Thank you again, Juliet, for joining us today. Um, we have to have you back. So come on, can meet you as well. And I thank our listeners for joining the System Podcast. Remember guys to like our videos, subscribe, follow, and share. Be sure to listen to our podcast every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Central Time and 1 o'clock GMT. Remember to follow Follow us on social media at The System Podcast, and that's S-I-S-T-E-M Podcast. Once you find us on one platform, you'll be able to find us on all using our link tree, The System Podcast, and that's link tree, The System Podcast. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel on Wednesdays and Thursdays for more video content. Listen, we want to go live at five on Saturdays, but we need more followers. Leave us your questions and stories in the comments. Contact us in our DMs. Send a pigeon. Do what you need to do. Just reach out to us. Subscribe. Okay. You'll see 
awesome content like Miss Juliet Wise, a therapist, okay, that will give you her thoughts about the real world. Where else can you find it? Nowhere like this. All right. I've been your host, Yushima Kamoi Cherry Bird, and we will see you in the next. Bye-bye.